presented by the Coalition to Protect America's Regional Airports. Good morning, everyone. I'm Playbook co-author Ryan Lizza. It's Tuesday, June 13th, and I'm coming to you from Miami, where Donald Trump is scheduled to be arraigned today. The last few days, we focused on what's in that 37-count indictment against Trump. In the newsletter today, we're going to take a look at what Trump's best defenses may be as this criminal case goes forward. And now, to break down what we can expect to happen today in Miami, we're going to bring in Politico's Josh Gerstein. Good morning, Josh. Hey, Ryan. Good to chat with you. Let's start quickly with what's going to happen today. What is the schedule here? So we expect sometime in the mid-afternoon, around 1, 2 o'clock, former president's motorcade to show up at the federal courthouse, one of the federal courthouse buildings in downtown Miami. And probably he'll go through some sort of booking process at that point, similar to what folks saw up in New York City, likely to involve fingerprinting and maybe a DNA swab and so forth, sort of the indignities of being charged criminally in the federal system. And then around 3 o'clock, We expect him to go to the 13th floor of that courthouse and go in front of a magistrate judge to have the formal initiation of this historic criminal case against him, to have the charges read to him, to have the potential punishments read to him, to make sure that he has a lawyer and to set some future date for the case. It's also possible they'll talk about release conditions. That's something they normally bring up at a hearing such as this, but I can't imagine it being a very significant issue when you're talking about the former president. And I'd also mention there will be, we believe, another defendant there, Walt Nauda, who is the president's former valet and a personal aide who was also charged in this indictment. We expect him and his lawyers to be there too. Let's talk about some of the folks who will be in the court today. The former president has been having some trouble recruiting lawyers to his team. I know you've been doing some reporting about that, Josh. What can you tell us? We expect the lead person for the case to be a fellow named Todd Blanche, who is a criminal defense attorney up in New York City. And beyond that, it remains a little murky. We think Chris Keis, who is a prominent lawyer in Florida, will also be there. He's been helping the president for more than a year on other matters, including this matter. But what's interesting, Ryan, is that they've been having kind of what you might crudely call a cattle call out at the Doral Resort that in the Miami suburbs that the president owns, where they've been inviting criminal defense lawyers from across Florida and some from across the country to come in and chat with them. Boris Epstein is apparently overseeing this, a longtime aide on legal matters to the president. He's also a lawyer and sort of do the dog and pony show. They've been having difficulty signing anybody up of any repute. I've been told by a person familiar with the process that they were offering junior associate billing rates of around 500 bucks an hour and a retainer of about a little less than $250,000. And for a lot of people, one person said to me, based on how disruptive this would be to a lawyer's life, both professionally and personally, they found it ridiculous and inexplicable that that would be the price. And this person thought the situation was kind of in chaos. I think we we all know, Ryan, it's it's difficult for the president to find good lawyers at this point, because frankly, he's run through so many of them. It's hard to find people that are willing to sign on the dotted line. You and Kyle Cheney have a piece out about the judge presiding over this case. First, do we expect Eileen Cannon 
to show her face and preside over the case today. And aside from that, tell us a little bit about this piece and the importance of Judge Cannon and what we can expect from her going forward. Well, I'd be surprised, Ryan, if she shows up. This is supposed to be a routine. It's not routine, obviously, because it's a former president of the United States. It's unprecedented. But in a normal situation, the initial appearance is something that judges don't usually deal with. It's usually left to a magistrate judge to handle this initial. So I'd be surprised if Cannon showed up. She certainly has the authority to run the proceeding, but we think a magistrate judge will handle this. But she is assigned to the case, and it's, I think, drawn a lot of attention that Eileen Cannon was put on this case because she already had experience last year dealing with President Trump's civil suit that was kind of aimed at blocking the search that took place at his Mar-a-Lago compound by the FBI last year, and then trying to force all those records into a process where his people would have a chance to go through them and comment on whether the FBI should be able to keep them or not. She famously entered an order that basically called for all that to happen, and it created a special master and so forth to oversee it. And she rather quickly and in rather blunt terms was rebuked by a very conservative panel of the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals that said, you don't have any authority to do this, pretty much case closed. And there were several almost snide remarks in that opinion saying it was not even a close call. So I think a lot of people were surprised that the president had such good fortune to draw this. As far as we know, it's a relatively random selection. It's narrowed a little bit by the case being in West Palm Beach, is that the assigned judge has a lot of power over a case. Sure, at the end of the day, there can be an appeal, something could be overruled. But in terms of timing, which is very important, and in terms of issues like the district court judge has a lot of discretion. And Cannon will really be in a position to decide, does this case take place over the course of a few months or does it take a couple of years to get to trial? Not the biggest deal in a typical case. Absolutely crucial in this case involving somebody who's running for president of the United States in an election that's about a year, year and a half away. So all this stuff is very important. And she has influence over that. She has influence over How much classified information does Trump's legal team get access to? How quickly? And all those kinds of issues. And, you know, she even has the ultimate power if the case goes to trial to acquit Trump on the charges in a way that isn't reviewable by an appeals court. I would have to say it seems like on its face, a very lucky draw for the former president to get Judge Cannon. Josh, thank you very much for breaking it down. I know you'll be in the courthouse today and look forward to your account of this afternoon. Take care. And for your schedule today, the House will meet at 10 a.m. Obviously, we are continuing to watch Kevin McCarthy's ongoing battle with members of the House Freedom Caucus and whether McCarthy will actually regain control of the House. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen will testify before the Financial Services Committee at 10 a.m. HHS Secretary Javier Becerra will testify before the Education and the Workforce Committee at 10.15 a.m. The Senate is in. I'm Ryan Lizza. Thanks for listening. Almost every minute, a plane takes off or lands at Reagan National Airport, making it the busiest runway in America. Yet some in Congress want to add even more flights, risking delays and disruptions for travelers flying to or through Washington. Industry experts and the FAA agree DCA is at capacity. Visit protectregionalairports.com and tell Congress to oppose increased delays, traffic, and congestion at DCA. Paid for by the Coalition to Protect America's Regional Airports.